Man, you're right. The, the motivation behind the play, what sparred me was uh, on the real, man, I just took a look at myself in the mirror, and I had to ask myself, why couldn't I be faithful over 95% of my relationships, including two marriages? You know, and I wanted to know why. So at first, you know me, man, we as men, we tend to look up to our fathers growing up. So, you know, I blame my dad because my dad was a player, man. He was out. You know, he had a lot of women. So, but before I blamed it on my father, I went in the house one day, man, and I turned on the television. And uh, I saw one of our presidents of the United States having an issue with infidelity. Not the president, but one of our presidents having an issue with infidelity. Then I would turn the channel again, and I would see, uh, let's say, a famous golf player having issues with infidelity. Turn the channel again, pastors having issues with infidelity, rich men, poor men, black men, white men, just men in general. And that's, you know, when a level of concernment hit me, man, and drove me to the question, why do men cheat? I wanted to know personally why are we as men the way we are, and that's what drove me to start researching this. That's powerful and powerful, and I guess I guess, and your conclusion to those answers is what manifested the play. Exactly, exactly. You know, like uh, like part of the research when I when I done my research, man, I done I used two forms of research. Uh, the first form of research I used was Google, <laughs> and I wanted to use Google for statistics and percentages. Now, it said the number one reason men cheat is because they crave a sexual variety. It also said that 70% of men has admitted to fidelity in their marriages. And it said that 68% of women said that they would cheat if they knew they can get away with it. But it did say 50% of women also admitted to cheating at least one time in their marriages. So that right there, you know, could be a plan itself. Then the second form of research I used was the Bible. You know, that's why I put the Lord part into Lord, why do men cheat? You know, and during the Bible, man, I'm going to be honest with you. At first, you know, this was all fun and games for me. You know, I had the title, Lord, why do men cheat, that I knew was an attention grabber. And by it being a gospel comedy play, I knew I wanted to insert scriptures into it as well, just like most gospel plays do. But the more I started to read and research and really look into different scriptures and stories, my eyes were open to a lot of similarities from biblical day men to modern day when men concerning their ways with women. Examples, sir. Because okay. I know people yeah, like, okay, they, I know you got with the mouth open, like, okay, so. Uh... <laughs> okay, example. I'm going to give you an example here. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Just one example. Um, we say that women nag us a lot, right, as men? Now, during my research, I found out where nagging came from. It came from the Bible. It came from a story, Samson and Delilah. In Judges 16, Delilah wanted to know where Samson's strength lie. After he lied two or three times uh, and didn't tell her, it said in chapter 16, verse 16, that it came to pass that when she pressed him daily with her words and urged him so that his soul vexed on to death, that he finally gave in and told her. Now, Mr. Patterson, when a woman presses you daily with her words, what do you call that? I guess that's nagging. 
nagging. <laughs> That's an example right there. <laughs> Perfect example of nagging right there. And that there is in the Bible, you know, by me having to play Lord, Why Do Men Cheat by being a gospel inspirational play, I knew I had to come with scriptures straight from the book because at my shows, man, I have a lot of pastors and deacons at the show. And if I say something like Judges 16, they already know what's in Judges 16. So that's why when I use scriptures, I go strictly from the Bible with the scriptures just so I can know that I'm right. And basically, man, I just have fun with it and turn it around, you know. Like another example, like, you know, we talk about angry women, you know, uh, or a contentious woman. You know, it says in Proverbs twenty-seven fifteen, being around a contentious woman is like a slow drip of water on a rainy day. And Proverbs 21, 9 says, it's better for a man to live in the corner of a rooftop than to live in the same house as a contentious, with a contentious woman. And the definition of contentious is someone that's likely to cause an uh, argument or a disagreement. So, you know, I just turn things around and have fun with it, but it's really there. Right. Interesting. So I got somebody <laughs> in the chat room still uh, They're asking me to ask you, so why do men do it? Why do men do it? At the end of the day, is it is it their I, women? Is it the uh, um, um, do the women create the the environment for that? Do uh, the men is there um, uh, hunger in the man to crave different partners? Uh, what what are the, some of the you know, that you show? You know, Mister Patrick. Well, what I show on my play that it, it, it's it's all of that. Everything you named is all of that. Like an example I have in my play, um, men are greedy. <laughs> you know, King Solomon had 700 wives and 300 concubines, and concubines were bed warmers. So that's 1,000 women. So that shows the greed right there from the biblical days. Now, like I said, I switch biblical days to modern days. Now, in modern days, think about it. It's, they say it's 10 women every one man. Therefore, if every man was faithful and didn't cheat, it would still be nine women with no man. So then what will happen? Will those other nine women turn to other women? You know, it, it, it's, it's kind of catchy there, and it's, you know, but see. Um, kind of seems like that's kind of like what's yeah. happening. I mean, if you look around, yeah. you do see a lot of women with other women. Exactly, and that's one of my points. Like I said, it's ten women every one man. If every man was faithful and didn't cheat, that will leave nine women with no man. And then what will happen next? See, that's how my mind operates. That's how I think. What will happen after that? You mean, and, and another thing you touched on, it said men crave a sexual variety. Now, we know women cheat also, but they cheat for different reasons. See, women cheat for emotional reasons, and men cheat for most likely physical reasons. You know, a man can have sex with a woman and have no emotional ties whatsoever to him. It's just sex. But it's never just sex for a woman because of that, they're emotional beings. So what is, what is the position from the Bible standpoint, from a spiritual standpoint on that? Hmm. From the spiritual standpoint on that, like I said, all I do is just tie. See, see what I do, the way I come up with, with this form of writing is basically – I look at, okay, we as people, when we look at the Bible, we tend to read it from a biblical day standpoint. 
because that's when it was written. But what I do is I look at it from a modern-day standpoint. And when I do that, it allows me to turn biblical-day points into modern-day thoughts. You understand what I'm saying? Gotcha. And basically, man, what, what, what I want people to get, you know, uh, I want them to walk away with the understanding that this is not only a black or white question, first of all. Why do men cheat is a global question, which makes it a global issue with, uh, let's say, worldwide concerns. And what I mean by that is I'm sure women all over the world want to know why men cheat. And secondly, I want people to soak up and absorb some of the points that I make by using the best written book in the world, the Bible, to raise a level of consciousness to themselves to maybe be more open-minded and not be afraid to think outside the box and ask themselves, could this be a major factor as to why men cheat? And last but not least, I know I said two, but this is three. Last but not least, I want them to at least walk away with a challenged mindset because this play is going to have you thinking. When you walk away from a drill to easily play, you're going to leave thinking, wow, he made great points. Could this really be a reason? Well, could some some of the reasons outside of nagging, uh, let me see, uh, being slovenly, um, let me see, um, being just nasty, uh, uh, let me see, not sensuous at all. Uh, I'm I'm just trying to think of some of the things that I've heard men say over a period of time. That caused them, and did I say nagging and arguing all the time, and, mm-hmm. and constantly uh, being disrespectful and attacking mm-hmm. their manhood, and basically just pushing a man out there? Did I hit on some of those things that you touch on in the play? Oh, definitely, definitely. You know, I touch on all that in the play because it's all real. You know, and I feel that this story is important. But I want to just throw this out there. It's the same, it's the same thing for women, though, too. I just want to throw that out there, too, because I hear, you know, doing this show, you know, I hear a lot of stuff from a lot of females, too, and, and they say uh, basically the same thing about men. And men, a little bit different, like you said, they attach their emotions to it where they, they say that they guys or they significant other, you know, they're not motivated, you know, they have no ambition, um, right. uh, they sloppy, they nasty or you right. know they not you know uh uh they don't turn them on or i mean whatever you know they they just wimp guys i hear the same things from females too so you know do your play touch on any of that or just mostly about why men do what they do well right now it's mostly about why men cheat that's why it's called lord why do men cheat because Actually, I'm working on, Lord, why do women cheat as we speak? So with the men, I'm just reaching on the men's subject. You know, a lot of people say, well, man, why why do it got to be? Why do men cheat? What about the women? They cheat too. Yeah, we know that. But right now, this is called, why do men cheat? <laughs> <laughs> so I have to touch on why the men cheat. You know, we're going to get to the women, trust me. We're going to get to the women. Like I said, I'm I'm pinning Lord, why do women cheat right now as we speak? And like I said before, we know it's a difference, man. Women cheat for emotional reasons. Men cheat for physical reasons. You know, men say, well, man, she don't give me enough. But the woman will say, well, after I give it to him, he don't hold me. <laughs> you know, it could be something small like that. Or it could be simple as a woman in their way. We know how women feel about gaining weight, right? So, 
when a woman gained a few pounds, they take it out on the men most of the time. You know why? Because they won't put on nothing sexy like they used to because they gained a few pounds and they think we're looking at them like they're sloppy or something. When really we're not, it doesn't matter to us. You know, if you love that person, you love them for what they are and who they are. You don't love them if they gain a few pounds. You're not going to dislike them, you know, so women will hold out. That's the part. That's the part right there a lot of females don't understand. It's not the man's trip. The man usually don't trip that way. It's usually how they think he sees them. Exactly. Right. And they take it out on us by what they think that, you know, they're trying to look, see how, they want to think for us, basically, when you say that. They think we thinking that they're not, their body don't look pretty to us anymore because they gained a few pounds. So they'll hold out from us, you know, when it comes to the bedroom. And that's not true at all. But they will hold out. Boy, we just damned if we do and we damned if we don't. Most likely, more than likely, yes. <laughs> Sometimes, man, I feel like are are we did God put us on this earth to understand each other? You know, <laughs> because it's really it could be something simple. You know, like uh, you know, I had a situation before where, like, you know, I'm a, I'm a man that can cook, so I, I I'm okay. I might be say frying some chicken. I'll I'll ask. I've asked one of my uh, past relationships. I asked her, hey, it, it was my wife actually. I said, hey, um. You want some chicken? She said, no. I said, okay. So I went on ahead and made the chicken, and when she came home, she said, where is mine? Now, I'm looking at her like she got three heads because I could have swore you just said you didn't want any. But she went off into this whole tangent. I wouldn't do you that way. I would never do that to you. And I'm like, wow, where did this come from? <laughs> is it that time of the month or what? <laughs> that, that's just a personal experience that I had. And I know you had a few of month. I know, but today's show's about you. <laughs> so okay. t- tell us, tell us, tell us a little bit something about the play, man, and some of the people that 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 you've worked with so far, and uh, their participation. And you know, I've looked at the DVD, and uh, and I, I thought it was, it was a nice play. So. I know you've had some experience with some of them. What did, what did your, some of your coworkers think about it? Well, um, uh, you know, when, when you're directing a play, you know, is you have to get everybody that you're working with on the same page. You got them. You got to have them do it the way you want them to do it. So it's really hard producing and directing something because you have to get your coworkers to where you want them to be. You know. You got to, they got to have that same passion that you have. And one thing that my mother always told me is that every, your dream is not everybody else's dream. Your passion is not everybody else's passion. So that's something that you have to bring out of somebody. Now, um, I worked with a guy named Frank Muhammad, actually how I started to write plays. Frank Muhammad is a director out of Dayton. He's, uh, he does community theater. So I I joined his cast in a a play called, um, uh, the devil came to church one day, and I played the pastor. And after doing five or six plays with him, I said, man, I, I can write my own play, you know. So that's I sat back and just wrote my own play. But like I said, I had to do a lot of research and all that. But as far as 
answering your question about um, working with the, the people I work with, I haven't worked with major entertainers yet, and that's one of my main goals. I work with a lot of community-based, you know, community theater um, employees. So my my dream for this play is to get some real changers in it. Actually, I just talked to uh, Shirley Murdoch, actually, and her husband, Dale DeGroat, which is her manager. I talked to him last week about her joining the play when I'm ready to take it on the road. And uh, I just sent them a script, so hopefully she'll be a major contributor to this play when we take it on the road and do another DVD on it. Yeah, she she's a really good vocalist. Oh yeah, she she's in a lot of plays too. So that would definitely be a blessing if I can get her involved in it on my end. Because she's actually lives in Dayton, right here where I'm at. Shoot, that's great. Listen, for those of you just join us, uh, we talked to Mister Daryl Easley about the Lord. Why do men cheat? His new gospel stage play. Uh, if you'd like to join us, press number one on your phone. Let us know you're there. We're glad to have you. Hear your questions and comments. But uh, don't go nowhere, Mr. Easley. We're going to jump to a musical selection, and we're going to be right back. I'll be here.
know, churches across the country, you know, as well as, you know, the general public that don't necessarily go to church every Sunday. Well, if you think about it, um, you know, in the play circuit, you, you have, I think that you have certain age groups that, that's going to come to see a play. You know, uh, by it being, Lord, why do men cheat? Um, I thought about taking the Lord part off. That way I didn't just keep it labeled only to the Christian communities. But that's the name of it, and I'm coming from a biblical standpoint, so I have to roll with it, you know. But I think that certain age groups is going to come out no matter what it's called. You know, you, you, you look at the Tyler Perry's, man, and, you know, the plays that he do, you know, uh, T.D. Jakes. They're, they're gospel-oriented, well, what we call inspirational plays. I guess that's why they want to take the gospel off. Uh, I, I was in Chicago, actually, man, in October, and I met the great Shelly Garrett. And Shelly Garrett is the guy behind the Play Beauty Shop. Right. That, that man, he's, he's the reason why Tyler Perry is doing what he's doing, because Tyler Perry saw one of Shelly Garrett's plays, Beauty Shop, in New Orleans and said, hey, that's what I want to do. And they called Shelly Garrett the, the, the godfather of playwright. I, had, I, I was afforded the opportunity to sit down and talk to him on a personal level, man, and he told me, you know, when you say gospel, it kind of labels you into, you know, one category. But when you go with inspirational, mm-hmm. it can open up doors for you more so. So, yeah, that's why I say the gospel play, Lord, why do men cheat, you know. But I, like I said, maybe I have to change that to the inspirational play by taking Shelly Garrett's, you know, advice. I don't know. It's kind of like six on one, half a dozen on the other. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> right. Uh, really, you know, it's kind of like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I guess you kind of go, got to go with your spirit on that one. You know what I mean? Right, because, right. Uh, I mean, if you do what, um, you know, the knuckleheads on the street suggest, then who are you really following for real? And what is your true right. message behind this, you know? Right, right. And I, I'm a born leader, man. I can honestly say that. I've always been a leader. You know, I'll, I'll take people's advice. And I may even use it if it's something that that's, that hits my heart, you know. But I've always been a leader, and I've always been a person that done things differently but correct. You know, mm-hmm. that's why that's why with this play, um, when you hear a lot of people talk about men cheating and they bring up the Adam and Eve situation, you know, I wanted to dig deeper and just not hit on Adam and Eve. I want people to know that in the Bible is so many more scriptures and stories that you can use that touches on the same similarities concerning biblical day men and modern day men. Yeah, well, I always say, if it was, well, I don't say, but I've heard said numerous times that Eve started the whole mess. But <laughs> I, I guess when I say that, people think I'm being uh, a male chauvinist. <laughs> well, you know, they but I, really, but I don't really want people to think that because I'm really not, but... I'm right, just repeating right. what I've heard people say. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, 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 right. But see, like I said, during my research, man, just to be honest with you, um, God gave Adam the command, don't eat off this tree. You can eat off all these trees, but this one here don't eat off of. He didn't give Eve the command. He gave it to Adam. 
So therefore, when the serpent enticed Eve, and then Adam followed her, you know, we want to say that, and, and this is for the women, we want to say that women enticed him, but in the Bible it didn't say that she enticed Adam. It said she ate off the tree then fed to her husband with her. So therefore, I had to really dig deep into that. said the, the, the serpent enticed uh, Eve, and Eve, she didn't entice Adam because he was with her when the serpent was talking to her, believe it or not. And if you, you know, the Bible readers out there read the Bible, it's true. It was right there. He was right there with her this whole time. But he followed her by eating after she ate, but he knew he wasn't supposed to eat. That's why when he went back to the garden, when God came back to the garden and Adam was hiding, he said, why are you hiding? He said, because I'm naked. He said, well, how do you know you're naked? Did you eat off the tree of which I commanded you not to eat off of? And Adam right away tried to blame it on God and the woman. He said, God, that woman you gave to be with me, she gave me other fruit and I ate. But at the end of the day, God told him, since you listened to your wife and went against my command, you're going to be punished also. So, you know, that, that adds a whole different dynamic to the whole Adam and Eve situation of her enticing him. He, at the end of the day, he listened to his wife instead of God and the commandment that God gave him. So that's kind of tricky, huh? Yeah, buddy. <laughs> but it's in the Bible. Trust me, I've I done my research real hard. So, <laughs> yes, sir, it's in there. Because a modern-day woman, boy, she have a fit, boy. You don't listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe that's why. You know what I mean? <laughs> maybe that's why. And, you know, I, I honestly feel, man, at the end of the day, that um, if, if a woman has a good church-going man, and he's following the Lord. See, a lot of women, they follow knuckleheads. They they allow knuckleheads, a man with no job, a man that maybe beats on her and treats her like trash to be the head of their household. And that's not how it should be. He should only be the head of the household if he's deserving, if he's following God's word. If he's following God's word, then, yes, I feel that he should make the final decision. I feel like yesterday you should... If you're married, you should sit down and discuss it with your wife to get her views and points on it. But at the end of the day, I feel like the man is the head of the household, and he should make that final call because if he allowed the woman to make that final call and she's wrong, guess what? He's going to be mad at her. And he's still going to be held held accountable. Hold on. I think we got another caller. Okay, buddy. Hello, who we have here? Well, actually, this is a recording. This is not live, so I just thought the recording would uh, jump in. Joe from Montana, the invisible man, the man that can't nobody ever contact, <laughs> nowhere in the world. How are you, sir? How you doing, Lamont? <laughs> I'm fantastic. Welcome to the show, sir. Thanks. We talking. We talking about Lord. Why do men cheat? With Mr. Daryl Easley, he's the producer of his wonderful stage play. I know you got something to add to that subject, don't you? Oh, yeah. yeah. Why How are you women? doing, sir? How are you doing? I'm great. So why do women cheat? <laughs> well, like we said, they cheat for different reasons. You know, women cheat for emotional reasons. Men cheat for nine mm-hmm. times out of ten physical reasons. 
you know, uh, like we said earlier, a, a, a woman can emotional emotionally, if a man comes home from work, just an example, and doesn't speak to her because he's tired. Mm-hmm. To her, oh, he didn't speak to me. Or they can make love, and then he just turn around and go to sleep. Oh, he didn't hold me. You know, there's so many reasons that a woman can come up with why they don't speak. Yeah. Well, wouldn't they be excuses for why women and men cheat? Because I personally believe that unless the marriage is really, really kaput, that -hmm. nobody has the right to cheat. Unless one of the... um, uh, one of the spouses cheats first, and I say, well, then all bets are off. But until then, I say sit down, try to find out what's going on, and then change. If you can't change, or if one of the people can't change, then get out of the relationship. But I think anything that um, kind of supports the reasons why men or women cheat, I think are just excuses. Yeah, you're right about that. I, I agree with you on that end, too. Because, you know, once that trust is broken, man, your relationship, it's going to be hard to get it back on point. Very hard. Mm, yeah, uh, but do you believe that um, there are legitimate reasons why people should cheat? Put it like this. It's never right. If you're married, it's never the right thing to do. But... It depends on the person and, and how the person looks at things, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if like, like I said, men cheat for more than likely physical reasons. Like if he's, if his wife is just not taking care of her business in the bedroom, then to us men, it's like, oh well, I'm going to go get it. It's not a, a great excuse, and but it, it is the way of the world. It is how it is the way men are today. You, you think know, men not, cheat? Good, excuse me. You think men cheat just for physical reasons, just because they want to get some uh, BJJ, and instead of being emotional like women, uh, like women are supposedly are. So you think men well, you know, cheat in order because to satisfy some sort of selfish pursuit? Yeah, I think when men cheat is very selfish. Um, you know, but but like you like we were saying, um, I just feel that. During the researches that I pulled up, it said the number one reason men cheat was because they craved a sexual variety. So that's the physical nature of us men. You know, we're hunters. You know, we go out and hunt. Now, if you're married, it's totally wrong. If you cheat, I don't care what the reason is. If you cheat, it's wrong. At the end of the day, it's wrong. But it doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Oh, yeah, it happens. But the way... That you seem to make it sound is that, um, well, she's a good cook, she's a good support uh, system, she's a good friend, but she's lousy in bed, so I'm going to go out and find somebody who's better in bed and just come home to a loving wife, but I've got something on the side. And that could be an excuse for a lot of men that do it that way. And because to men... The physical part is is more than 50% of the relationship. You know, a lot of people guess, say sex, sex ain't everything, but can, a lot, can, it really can is. I, can it's I interject really something here? Can I interject yes, something sir. here? I, I guess what I'm, what I'm hearing from Joe and what I'm hearing from you, I, guess, I think Joe's asking you, does it make it right, what, what, regardless of the excuse 
or the reason for it. I, am I saying that right, Joe? Did I get your point? No, no, it's like not that it's right. It's, no, it's never right. I'm just, yeah, it's I'm never just, right. But I just believe that you are, and there are, I guess, some others who say, well, men cheat simply because they're satisfied with everything else except that maybe she's not good in bed, so therefore he's going to go out and do it. And when I've talked to men, when I've talked to women, men don't cheat simply because the wife isn't good in bed. They'll cheat because the wife isn't giving them support, the wife has a big mouth, the wife is obstinate, the wife doesn't cooperate, the wife just doesn't make him feel important, she's changed. But I think sex, well, of course, sex is very important to both men and women in a relationship. But um, I I don't think they cheat just to go and get it. I think they cheat because the woman isn't making him feel as though she's his partner anymore. And I think if she's bad in bed... He can he can try to advise her as to what she can do to please him. Now, if she's not willing to please him, then he'll cheat. But it's not because she's just lousy in bed. It's because she refuses to be good in bed. Well, you know, uh, on a personal level with me, I've had women that done whatever I wanted, how I wanted, when I wanted it, and was good at it. But I wanted more. So that made me just a greedy person, you know. And it was dead wrong. I heard a lot of women behind that that mm-hmm. I, I, I've seen 10 years later and apologized to them. They said, well, why are you apologizing to me? That was 10 years ago. I say, because I know I broke your heart, and I just wanted to apologize and say I was sorry because I was ignorant at that time, and I didn't see, you know, what I had in front of me. Now, what you said, everything you just named, is a reason for men. It's not a good reason, but everything you said, men can use to cheat because that's just who some men are. Mm-hmm. You know, it's never good. It's never it's never uh, a good thing to do. It's never right on a man's or would woman's you, side. Never would right. Would you guys say that's a growth thing for young boys becoming men to even go through that process to even come to a realization that 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 is it's not right. Oh yeah, I agree with you, Lamont. It, that's something yep. we should teach uh, our boys and our girls. Do not cheat. It's not right. Okay. I just don't. I just feel that sometimes people make it seem as though men are the the real villains and the women are just the real victims. And I mm-hmm. say no. Uh. Uh-uh. Women go out there and cheat for the same reasons for the same and have the same blase attitude as men do and right. you know and I don't give them any um I don't give them any um any types of um, of excuses I don't I, I I hold them accountable as I hold the man accountable for cheating you cheated so your man didn't talk to you therefore you cheated how about you talking to him and if the man says well she didn't talk to me I say well did you sit down did you talk to her? Um, so I don't cut any slack uh, either way, and I don't like the fact that men are, when especially by women psychologists or women life coaches, that they think that they make men out to be almost solely the um, the villains. And the poor little woman, she's just uh, bashed around by the winds of a man's selfishness. And I say, no, 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 no. If you're a woman, you're held accountable for being the strong, independent woman that you claim to be. You did something wrong. Don't give me any BS. 
I think you missed a part of the show, Joe, when we, uh, a little earlier, I mean, I think the tone of that part of it was that women started the shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I missed that part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know, in today's world, man, honestly, it seems like it's a 50-50 deal here when it comes to women cheating and men cheating. You know, women cheat just as much as men. Well, I'm not that surprised at it. I do know that um, for unscientifically acquired statistics, 40% of domestic violence is started by women. I'm not talking about just yelling. I'm talking about a, a woman picking up a baseball bat, a skillet, a rolling pin, <laughs> chair, and saying, you know, I just don't uh, like you anymore. I don't, I don't, oh, I don't like you uh, taking the cap off the toothpaste, so ba-bang. <laughs> And um, you know, but again, men. Have you ever gone? Have you ever seen a talk show where they've talked about domestic violence or about the differences between uh, men and women in certain situations? And for example, in domestic violence, when they talk about a man having been a victim, the audience will just laugh, giggle, and like <laughs> a stupid man. But the woman, um, if she's the victim of domestic violence, she gets the tears and she gets the flowers and she gets donations right. online. And uh, I'm I'm a men's activist, you know. Uh, uh-huh. So I believe that, you know, if you're going to be a woman and you're going to claim to be the strong, independent woman and you're as intelligent as I am, supposedly as emotionally um, solid as I am, you are going to be held to the same standards I am. And I don't want to hear any excuses from you. So that's the way I am. So you don't <laughs> believe in that sugar and spice and everything? Oh, nice. give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> you know why you asked that question? Because you already knew what the answer was. Because I've yeah. the show a few times. <laughs> Come on, man. Snakes, snails, puppy dog tails. Oh, you know yeah, right. Ain't, right. Ain't nothing oh, changed. Sure. You know yeah, you're like, sounds like a no-nonsense guy right there, really. Mm-hmm. No. no, yeah. So that's the way I am. Lamont knows me too, so that's why he pulled that question. You know. Yeah. Okay. Let let, let me ask you this question. Mm-hmm. Have, have you ever cheated? No. In a relationship? Never. 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 That's great. That's great. Now the kind of I'm not blaming. Like I said earlier in the show, I'm not blaming my father, but you know, we as men, we tend to look up to our fathers growing up, mm-hmm. and growing up, that's what I saw. You know, I saw mm-hmm. my father with a lot of women, so I thought, hey, it was okay. You know, I had my first kid at, at 16 years old. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I told my father, hey, my girlfriend's pregnant. He said, oh, okay. I was like, wow, is that it? You know? <laughs> and, but if my son came to me at 15 mm-hmm. saying his girlfriend is pregnant, oh, we're going to have a long talk. Real long. Because <laughs> I, had a kid at, I had a kid at 16. Right. I had another one at 17. I had another one at 18. Back to back. Still mm-hmm. in high school. Yeah. But my father didn't give me that talk. You know, so right. I'm like, hey, this is okay. Until I got a good job and had to pay all this child support. And I said, hey, this father stuff, hey, this, this right here. Right. You know, yeah. For the birds. But right. at first it was okay, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but well, like I said, I'm not blaming my dad, but that's what I saw growing up. It's not an excuse because right is right and wrong is wrong at the end of the day. Well, yes, I think no. one, I'm, and I'm not. I think, one, I think the reason I gravitated toward this play too, because I'm I'm into this place right now in my life where I'm into trying to look for stuff to strengthen the core of 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 our 
people or our, our, our beings, you know what I mean? And I think things that, that undermine us as people, you know, it, it creates all these other little larcenous activities, you know what I mean? And I think mm-hmm. people really need to start looking a little bit more within themselves instead of being so judgmental, blaming other people for things and stop and, and look at what they do and how they do what they do. You know, and see themselves somewhat as a chess piece because the moves that you make causes other people to react and move a different way. Exactly. That's why, like I said earlier, I wrote it. The inspiration behind it was looking at myself in the mirror, trying to figure out why am I this way? You know, why do I keep hurting, hurting women by cheating on them? Instead of just walking away from the relationship, if I'm not happy, I'll just go and start another relationship to where I am happy. You know, well, you, and I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go. I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Finish, and then I'll I'll jump in. No, no, that's that's basically it. You know, I had to take a look at myself in the mirror, and that's where the whole inspiration behind uh, this this inspirational play came from. I had to dig deep into myself and look at myself in the mirror and ask that question. Man, why am I the way I am? So, like mm-hmm. I said, I was going to blame my father, but once I, I looked at how the world was made, it went. The, with the way the world is today, you know, it's not just black men, white men, it's young men, rich men, poor men, just men in general this way. And I wanted to figure out why we are the way we are when mm-hmm. it comes to women. Well, what I wanted to say was um, uh, men, uh, well, I already said this, men, men are the villains um, very, very often, but men should be held accountable, women should be held accountable. And um, when it comes to che- your cheating, I was going to ask you, you said that you cheated. Now, if you were in a committed relationship, then I would say you cheated. But if you're just a serial dater, that's not cheating. But do you realize how often and how many women believe that once they found somebody that they really think is really good for them, that mm-hmm. they can date you for like three or four or five times and they think you belong to them? <laughs> Right, And if you go out and date somebody else, which I believe is your right to do, just like I believe it's a woman's right, to go out and date any man that she wants to date, if she's dating somebody until she gets committed, that um, women will say, no, you're cheating on her. And, right. You know, and I'm going, where, where do you get this stuff from? But see, after you have sex with that woman more mm-hmm. than once, oh, she's looking at you like you you hers anyway. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, us men, we can have sex with a woman and have no emotional ties whatsoever. We can have sex with a woman maybe three, four months straight and, and have no emotional ties. But a woman, once you have sex with them a few times, if you're doing it right, oh, yeah, you belong to them. Well, I'm That's glad how you, they yeah. feel. <laughs> mm, I'm glad you put in that disclaimer if you're doing it right, because women have the same feelings <laughs> towards men as men do towards women. If you know, if you're not laying down the pipe right, uh, or if you don't really have what she wants, um, you, know, sh- you know, she'll settle for you every once in a while, but that doesn't mean right. that um, she she can't stray. You know, that doesn't mean that right. she's going to have her heart attached to you. But <laughs> women do become more emotionally attached than, than men, but I think over the past uh, 20 years or so, they've hardened up. And, oh, yeah. You know, and they don't really think that, well, okay, now that he's done me, um, you know, he should think about marriage. 
No, they just say, okay, he's done me. He's, he's all right. Yeah, I'll go back next week if I feel like it. Right. Daryl, does, does, does that mean they become more Eve-like? <laughs> they, they become more what? Eve-like. You said Eve-like, right? Eve-like. E-V-E. Oh, Eve-like. Like, like. Oh, Eve-like. Oh, okay. Eve-like, yeah. Yeah, to answer your question, yeah. And you know what? Women, women what I've found in just my personal experience is women have the tendency, like like you said, if you land the pipe right, mm-hmm. a woman feels and don't think. And this is not a shot to all women. I mean, you know, I'm sure a lot of guys have, you know, put it down in bed to a woman and, and her mind is just gone. Mm-hmm. She feels and, and and don't think. I don't know if you guys understand where I'm going with this or what I'm saying with they feel and don't think. Oh, yeah. They start, yeah, they start thinking totally outside the box because you made them feel good. Now mm-hmm. they want to marry you. Now they want to leave. And I'm not going to lie, I've messed with married women. And, and I'm not proud of it now, but back then growing up, hey, hey, I didn't know him, so I'm like, hey, I'm going to do whatever. But I would ask him, why are you here? Are you mad at your husband? No, because he don't give it to me like you do. I want to leave him and be with you. All mm-hmm. because she felt good mm-hmm. physically. So that's what I mean by she 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 feel and didn't think. What about the ones who just said that but didn't mean it? Hey, I, I didn't go with them no way. If they were somebody else, I was going to the next one. Hey, I was hey, going Joe. to the next one. Yeah. Hey, baby, it feels, it feels so good. I'm, I'm going to give you my husband's Rolls Royce and this house and everything. Oh, yeah, right. Uh, yeah, and when they right. get through, hey, Joe, when they get through, hey, call me that next about eight weeks from now. Yeah, you got that. Yeah. Ooh, I yeah, might have a yeah. new number tomorrow. <laughs> Got that. Oh, shoot. The way you make a woman feel is very important, physically or mentally. And one thing I've learned to realize is that it doesn't take much to please a woman. You know, you can give her, you don't even have to give a woman a dozen roses. You can give her one rose and she'll be just as happy. You understand? It doesn't take a lot to satisfy a woman. A lot of times, a woman just wants your time. They just want you there. They just want somebody to, you know, conversate with and laugh and joke and play. But like I said, they, you know, they're very easy to satisfy. If we as men try, that's the whole reason, you know, for this play. Because at the end of the day, mm-hmm. you know, I, I want women to understand that, you know, we as men, we, we you know, we do things and we wrong. But, see, women are more forgiving also. Now, me... If I was married and my wife cheated on me, I'm done with her. Because, see, with men, if another man slept with your woman, you're done with her. We're not even going to think twice about trying to stay with her. But we, if we sleep with another woman and, I mean, and, and she finds out, you know, she'll give you another chance. Well, like, wow. I you know, think there are. They yeah. won't trust you, but mm-hmm. they'll give you another chance. Yeah, but I also think they um, men forgive as well. Uh, there were books, like for example, of human bondage, where a man was in love with a prostitute and she just left all over the place. And yeah. um, you know, he was very, very forgiving of her. Um, it goes both ways, but you know, maybe, maybe from your experience, women are more forgiving. Um, 
I think if they are, it's because they're also um, either getting the pipe down right or the man is providing for her particular situation. In other words, paying the bills. And she has more of a financial incentive to forgive. So I don't think, though, that a woman is going to be more forgiving if, let's say, for example, she makes more money than he does. Oh, yeah, uh, you're right. You know. <laughs> Because I think the number one prerequisite for a, uh, for a man to be in a woman's life is um, the status. I think right. if I think if you've got status, you've got really no problems other than women chasing you. But if mm-hmm. you don't have status, I did. You know, it's it's a hard road because women look at you as wallet objects, while they can right. complain about us looking at them as sex uh, sex objects. That's a great point. That's a very great point. And you know, the, you know, my whole story. You know, why I feel that this this play is important is is because, you know, I feel that the question alone, why do men cheat, is an age old, worldwide question. And if we as men can figure out and fix this worldwide question, then just maybe we can learn how to not show this disrespect to our women, but to show them the love and respect that they deserve on a worldwide level. At the end of the day, you understand. Mm, I think it's time for Lamont to ask me a question about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see. Now, see, I know, I know, I know. Joe is an atheist, so his his, his beliefs are somewhat different than a traditional spiritual belief. So I really right. can't go. I can't really go there with him on on that level. No, but the question I was thinking you might want to ask me is, Joe, do you believe that um, you know, you, you know, if you just if you just treat women with respect and everything, that they'll love you and something? I'll say no. No, uh. no, because I already know your answer to that was because <laughs> we already know. We already know, and we've already laid the premise for this, that the women started this mess in the beginning. <laughs> and therefore, I mm-hmm. hold them equally responsible, too, for all of this, mm-hmm. for whatever the situation may be. And for everything that a man has done, a woman has also done it. So it depends on each individual and their particular circumstances. And the situation, pray. right, yeah. And the right. situation, you know, because right. I've seen a lot of good men that that don't cheat that end up being hurt and went out and did things and they wasn't they weren't happy about it, you know, but they grew from it. You know, mm-hmm. from that experience they said, Well, I did this, you know, but I don't feel good about it. I didn't get satisfied from it. I just did it because I was mad, but I won't do this shit again. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So uh it, it depends on the man, it depends on the circumstance, just like it depends on the woman. And I agree with Joe, there are women out here that that don't have any emotions in it uh, because of yeah. they've been hurt through previous relationships, and and they go out just like men. They just go out for that brief moment of satisfaction, and and they don't have no strings. You know, I mean, they they have in a sense, in a professional sense, they may just like get with this guy for for a few times, and 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 that's it. I mean, so mm-hmm. it, 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 it just depends, man. There's some crazy shit going out there. And I get to hear a lot of it doing this show. I hear from both sides. <laughs> so it, it it just depends on that person, that situation, and their beliefs at the end of the day. And you know what? I have a character in the play by the name of Tanya that 
exactly what you just explained. Um, she was married for 10 years, had a family, and uh, her husband cheated with on her with a co-worker. So Tanya's thing was, F men, hey, I'm going to do me. And she started doing the same thing. Started messing with married men for what they can do with her. And she said, hey, all I want a man for is to take care of my womanly needs, give me some money, and go back home to his wife. And then I had another character asking her, well, don't you feel bad about how the wife may feel? And her whole thing was for what? Did the woman who messed up my marriage that I was in for 10 years care about my feelings when she messed up my marriage? So it turned her into that woman that she didn't like. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> well, that's a, and that happened. Yeah, that brings up a good philosophical point. Is the, is the, the woman... And I've had discussions, I even had to go to the dictionary about what an adulterer is and adulteress is. But let's say um, a woman is prefers married men. Is she responsible for the breakup of the marriage? Now, I think that if she actually puts herself into that marriage, sticks her nose in, mm-hmm. I say, yeah, maybe 60, 40, 70, 30, she's responsible. Who knows? But if a man pursues her, and see, the man, the, uh, the spouses are responsible for each other, not outside forces. So if the man comes after her, and she likes married men, and she plays around with the married guy, and he knows that she only prefers married men and doesn't want a future with him, then his eyes are wide open, and he should take whatever consequences happens at the, at the, as a result if, if she breaks it off. He can't blame her because he went into it with his eyes open. But I don't right. I don't blame her that much because he she didn't pursue him. He pursued her. So either he's got a mental problem or there's something really bad at home and he uh-huh. still shouldn't cheat. So I I'm, I'm blaming him um at this juncture. Yeah. You know, I used to think I used to think that if like when I was in that situation where I'm messed with a married woman, I used to think, "Hey, she I'm not married, so I'm not doing anything wrong." She's married. She's the one uh, committing adultery. But in the Bible, I was just as wrong as she was because I knew she was married. Mm. Well, so I was mm-hmm. also committing adultery because I knew she was married. Well, see, that's that's why we had to go to the dictionary one time. Because <laughs> um, you're not married, so you're not the adulterer. She would be the adulteress, and you would be complicit in an illicit affair. But you wouldn't be the adult. It makes a mind change. But, um, again, I wouldn't put uh, the onus of the responsibility on somebody outside of the marriage unless that person actively seeks out married men, married women to break up the relationships. But even so, you know, it's like you can't bribe an honest man, right? Well, you shouldn't be able to lure away um, an honest man, an honest husband or an honest wife. So, still, I put the blame... Even if you're, I don't care who the girl is. I don't care who she looks like, how sexy she is. If you're married, you avoid temptation. But it's so hard for men to turn away. And how many times can a man, like say if you're like entertainers today, Mm -hmm. women are just, you're in a stadium doing a show in front of 20,000 people. And you can pick the finest, the best, finest woman in the, in the place can come up to you and hit on you, it's so hard for men to turn away from that. 
Why? Well, I don't know, but that's but that's like anything is like anything else in life, man. Once you, yeah, once if you're new in a situation, yeah, I got that. But once you've been involved with this at any point in time, any length of time whatsoever, that that's just what you do. So that don't surprise you. That's nothing new anymore. I mean, that's right. that's just nothing new. You know what I mean? It's just nothing new. You're accustomed to that. Now what? You know you can't sleep with everybody that approaches you. Now what? You just can't do it. Right. And you so shouldn't have gotten married in the first place. Huh. <laughs> yeah, right. you know, I mean, most most entertainers, once they reach a certain level of success, mm-hmm. usually have been through that early on in their career. So, you and know, they, they, they didn't burn out on that whole shit, so they're looking for longevity exactly. now. So they're mm-hmm. not trying to even go that route, man. And plus... You know, they ain't trying to lose what little fortune they didn't amass over the years by doing some way out stuff with some knucklehead for some like one night fling, you know what I'm saying? I ain't saying right. the jello man do I ain't saying that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what you're right, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, sir. Go ahead, sir. They should have been like Will Chamberlain, who claimed in his book that he, I think right. he said he did 30000 but let's say 10000 I don't even think he could have done 10000 like, Otherwise, every time he took the elevator, 20, he did 20000 Yes, 20000 oh, So every time he took the elevator, he was doing somebody <laughs> in the elevator. It was pretty good. But uh, even if you, you know, amassed a 1000 in your life, you don't get married. Or if you get married, stay, um, stay faithful. Avoid temptation, and I don't blame anybody who says, "Well, he or she cheated on me. I'm going to take a, you know, take a, take a, take a baseball bat and hit some home runs." So I don't blame. <laughs> you know, I, I think like what Mr. Patterson said. You know, after a while, you get tired. You can get tired of women. You mm-hmm. know, just like like my son's are becoming a rap artist now, and I explain to him of uh, what's important and what's not important. I tell him, like, say if you had a $50,000 watch, you was blinging. It's cool for about maybe 30 days. But after hey, 30 uh, days, Mr. Easley, Mr. Easley, we, we need to correct that. I did not say uh, I got tired of women. <laughs> oh, no, no. No, no, you said, not you. Not you, but you said that an uh, entertainer, after he done ran through whatever, you know, and he, after a while he's just trying to keep his sanity and keep his, Keep his, his his fortune, you know. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying. Because he, he know, he, know, he, he loves the girls. He loves the girls. He just right, can't right. have all the girls. You know what I'm saying. Right, right. But, it's, but it's a price so to come along women, with that. Yeah, after mm-hmm. so many women, it gets old. Every, anything gets old. Like I said, you could buy a Bentley today, and in about three months, guess what? It's just a car. I don't know. A, a lot of people may not feel that way, but if you had a billion dollars, guess what? It's just money after a while. I, mm-hmm. I want to be able to still have a dream. Yeah, if, I, I, yeah, if anybody had a billion dollars, you'd be happy. But that's why they say people, rich people, a lot of rich people aren't really happy because money don't make you happy. So like I said, if you had a $50,000 watch, and this is me explaining to my 24-year-old son that after a while, it's just a watch. If you had a Bentley, after months, it's just another car. You know, then what What are you going to do after that? That's why I think people like Little Wayne and Baby and them, after they done had everything they ever wanted in life, now what? Now you get tattoos on your eyeballs, on the top of your head, and, you know, start mm-hmm. go platinum teeth and everything because it's like you don't have anything else to do with all your well, money. 
Well, you know, I kind of take issue with that because, again, to me, it's it's a level of maturity because I see a whole lot of the things some cats can do, man. I see they can be building schools, man, and entertainment. Oh, no doubt all across the country, man. I see a whole lot of the things they could do. I still think they just rich and I'm not going to say small-minded, but, you know, you, you do have to think beyond some material possessions, man. I mean, right. cause you can't take all that stuff with you. You know, so exactly. what else life going to stand for? You're going to just be known for all the tattoos? Oh, oh well, you're going to be known <laughs> for going to this tattoo shop and spending X amount mm-hmm. of dollars Cat, is that what your life is going to amount to? You know, I mean, how many Rolls Royces can you have, man? You know, exactly. I mean, how many Rolexes can you have? You know what I'm saying? You're right. giving all the money back that you just made. I mean, how many kids right. are you feeding, man? And I know there's a slum in every part of town, man. Are, are you building some type of a drama classes or something? I mean, sending some kids to college, what? You know, so I, I don't really respect a lot of things that people do that have money, and especially the ones that came through and, and went through the struggle, you know, that's been out exactly. there just grinding, you know. And for whatever reason, they was able to slip out of the crack and really amass a fortune and the things they could be doing. I guess maybe it's because they didn't have nothing, so now they think by having all these personal positions, it's making them a bigger man, a bigger woman, but... You know, right. money does only mean something to the people that don't have it, but it don't mean nothing to the people right. that do it. Somebody yeah. somewhere yeah. got more exactly. money than they do that's looking at these still mm-hmm. ignorant people with money. You got money, but you're still ignorant. How about that? Right. Right. Yep. Yep. You're exactly right. Exactly mm-hmm. right. I happen to agree with that philosophy as well. Um, there's a term for called affluenza. People are requiring um Fortunes are requiring uh, at least more than the Joneses and making them feel somewhat psychologically fulfilled. But then again, once they've gotten that second Bentley, that third Rolex, they ask themselves, so what else is new? Is that all there is? Right. Right. And um, I think in order to become a little bit more fulfilled with the kind of um, physical possessions that we can afford, I think it would be worthwhile for people to, to give back sincerely. There are rich people who supposedly, seemingly give back, but they're only using their foundations as tax dodges. Exactly. Uh, you know, but I think it would be uh, worthwhile to a person's psyche to say, you know what, this particular profession has been good to me, or this life has been good to me. Let me give back and help other people to, uh, you know, to attain what their what their particular goals are, as I've attained mine. And um, I think those would be the good ones. But I don't think, um, and I'm not condemning rich people. You know, I condemn the. Oh, no, not at all. Not at all. But I'm not. But I don't know if if enough people really give back as much as they would, as they say they would, anyway. Right. I think they talk the talk, but they don't really walk the walk. Yeah, most likely. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, another thing, too, when you talk about athletes in Hollywood. Um, they should get better financial advisors because I think it's either 65% or 75% of pro athletes. And it seems to be, I don't know if it's a trend in Hollywood, but um, but the athletes anyway, they they go broke, broke quick. They Once they leave their particular sport, it takes them like five years on the average, five to seven years. Yeah. And they're broke. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Well, and you know well, why, do you, even think, with, why do you think that is? Because they financial advisors, because of them being athletic and athletically inclined, but not too sharp as a person to begin with. 
I, I think personally a lot of them um, go broke because they think that they're going to keep getting this certain amount of money. It's never going to stop. You know, um, if you blessed enough to make that kind of money, a lot of people make bad investments, you know. Uh, I know a lot of stories of people just investing in things that they knew nothing about. You know, I feel like if you're going to invest in something, you have a when you invest, you're taking a chance of losing. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to put two million dollars into something that might that you might lose, I think that's that's not a good start there. I think if you're going to invest in something, you can buy stocks and bonds, something that you know that's going to build. You can just live off interest alone off two, three million dollars and be and be pretty comfortable. You well, know, but I, I think it goes back to the person's knowledge base too. If you have no knowledge of yeah. the situation, you're fools to invest in it in the first place. You should have right. some knowledge in it or sincere confidence in the person that you trust and to give you that financial advice. Without one of those two things and I don't think anybody should move. Right. Well, I think both of you are right. I think that um, if I were a financial advisor, I would just tell my client, if he was an athlete, I'd say, I'm the boss. I'm going right. to direct your particular investments, but I'm also going to teach you why they may or may not be good for you. But at the same time, I'm putting aside 50% of your gross or right. of your net mm-hmm. into certain investments that are long-term won't be shaken by the stock market, and right. by the time you're 20 years down the road, you've got three, four, five million dollars still in your kitty. Right. You know, because because uh, Lamont's original question was, do you think the person's not too sharp? And that's that's one of the reasons too. There are you know pro athletes yeah. who've yeah. been treated and spoiled ever since they've been you know 13 years of age. And they right. think they're not going to take any advice from a financial advisor. They want to spend all the money, and they think that uh, the money's always going to continue to come in. Exactly. Uh, and they're wrong, you know. Because once you, you know, you're only as good as your last touchdown. You're only as good as your last right. picture. Right. And if you don't know how to save and invest properly, um, you're dead meat. You know? Right. And you know, a lot of the um, sports figures, millionaires, like you said, you know, they they may have a ten million dollar house right now. Okay, you could probably afford that right now. But once your career starts declining, coming to an end, what's wrong with getting a $2 million house? It's still a big house, <laughs> you know, but they want to—they think it's never going to end. And that's where mm-hmm. a lot of them go wrong. I'm going to make $10 million a year for the rest of my life. Yeah. And that's how they live. Gamble, women, cars, <laughs> mm-hmm. houses whole lot, but they, they have to wake up sooner or later and say, hey, nothing lasts forever. Well, yeah. so it's, I, us- it's, I- us- it's usually later, because most people do get, get, get used to a certain uh, lifestyle, and right. and it's hard to, to scale back once you are used to living in a certain type house and driving a certain type vehicle or shopping in a certain neighborhood. Unless you've been there before it's hard to just say, look, I'm just going to downsize. And, yeah, as you're talking uh, about right now, Lamont, you're talking about somebody voluntarily will do it. But if a person is broke, it's, it is a big blow. Do you know that in the in the 20s and 30s, the people who committed suicide were millionaires? Because wow. they, were, they were the ones that lost 90% half of their fortune, and they lo- they lost their status. 
So they are, they're the ones who jumped out the windows. The poor people <laughs> or the middle class, they they survive, they suffer, they tighten their belts, but they endured. But um, you know, if, unless you have been the mind, huh? Because they've been there before. Yeah, you know, and and if you've gone through the struggle, if you know how to save, if you've committed to that particular type of mindset of I'm going to make sure that I and my family do not suffer no matter what the winds are, then that's cool. And then if you live in a $10 million house but you decide to cut back to a $2 million house voluntarily and you're doing it with you still, and you still have some money left in the bank, mm-hmm. then you're doing it because... You want to, but if you've got a $10 million house, now you're living in a $300,000 house, you're <laughs> feeling, everybody's looking at me as a failure. Right. And that's hard for, uh, for people who've been on top to, uh, you know, to get used to. You know what? Um, this might be, this might sound crazy, but I, I had a friend that sold drugs. I mean, I know at least 10 years. I said, man, do you have enough money yet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I mean, I said if you don't have enough money in ten years of selling drugs, I'm talking about moving weight, making big money. Mm-hmm. I'm like, then you don't need to be doing this. But he only kept doing it because he said it wasn't the money anymore. I it was guess the rush. It was, it was the rush. Yeah, it wasn't about the money after so long. It was the fact. It was the rush. Mm-hmm. I said, wow, that's interesting. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, yeah. Is, 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 so is he still looking out of the windows on his own, or does somebody tell him when to go to bed? <laughs> He's been to where somebody told him to go to bed, you know, and he got out. But I asked him a question when he got out. I said, man, was it worth it? Because I hear a lot of people say, oh, man, I'll never do it. It ain't worth it. I'm going to tell you kids it ain't worth it. I said, man, was it? He only did, like, I think he did five years. I said, was it worth going to prison for five years? He said, you know what, I'm going to tell it to you, I'm going to tell you this. If somebody can say, hey, I will give you $18 million if you go to jail for five years, would you do it? It's a good question. Good question. Mm-hmm. I bet you a lot and of people would. <laughs> you, you, you're right. And I think he only did three and got out early. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... You know, you you have to really think about something like that. Nobody never put it to me that way, but I was like, that's something to think about. Mm-hmm. So every three years is worth six million dollars. <laughs> yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Think of, and that. See, you thought about it. There you go. Oh yeah, I thought about it. But shit, I, <laughs> but I also know shit. Tomorrow ain't promised too. Yes, yes, yes. You're right. And it depends upon which prison you're going to. I mean, if you go to Club Better Fed. Up. If it's white collar, hey, you know. Totally different, yeah. Yeah. But if you're going to Sing Sing, hey, you know, you might have a little <laughs> bit of a decision. <laughs> right, right. I, I'll pass on that one. I'll pass on that one. San Quentin, all hell yeah, I'll pass on that one. You might not make it out alive. Yeah, $18 million isn't worth all the punctures I might get in my back and my, you know, if, uh, if, I, hit, if I rub somebody the wrong way. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I just thought it was interesting that he put it to me that way, you know. I said, yeah. Wow. yeah. Okay. But then again, I don't think he put the. I don't think he put in the final part of the question because I don't think he. Um, you know, he, he may have made eighteen million dollars over five years, but if he went to prison at the end of the five years, he may have spent all that eighteen million. Now, if he said, if you're going to do five years and at the end of your stretch you've got eighteen million dollars coming to you, 
I think uh, more people than uh, we realize would say, sign me up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right about that. Mm. <sighs> oh, is the thing going low? Mm. Hello? Yeah, hi. Oh, okay, okay, I thought I lost you guys. Oh, well, I don't know what Lamont, I guess Lamont's doing something with the BTR. Yeah, oh. but that, you know, that is a good question. So the thing is about um, why do men cheat, why do women cheat, I personally believe that um, people can't get a pass. If you're cheating um, and your wife or your husband didn't cheat on you first, uh-huh. then I think it's the responsibility of the one who was cheated upon to sit down with um, his or her spouse to find out what's going on, and if they can't resolve the problems, then get out. Right. Have you noticed that, that when people are in a relationship, even a marriage, mm-hmm. that it may be hard for them to discuss um, what's going on in their relationship as far as sex and all that, but they can go to work and talk to their uh, co-worker about it. Well, you brought up a good point because I've always said, because a lot of people say communication is the key. I say it's not the key because people do not directly communicate with their uh, spouses or significant others because if they did, they would have to end the relationship. And here's why. Because if you're going to talk to your spouse about something which is bothering you, you eventually are going to have to lay down the law. You're going to have to say, babe, you know, I've been telling you a couple of times, three times, four times already, this particular habit of yours, this particular behavior pattern of yours, it's bugging me. Can't you stop? Now, if he says that, now, if he says it two or three or four times, and she can, and she says, yeah, I'll stop, but she then still continues to ignore him, she is, he has now become a doormat because right. he, she knows that he can, she can get away with murder. So mm-hmm. he's not going to be that direct. What he's going to do is, okay, you've messed with me. You're playing games with me. I'm going to play games with you. I don't want to break up with you, but I don't want you to feel as though um, I'm taking your crap. So they play games right. back and forth, and the communication is only partial. But I'm different. I get I go down to direct communication. I say, this bothers me. Can you stop? If you say you can, but then you continue, your bags are packed. Right. Because I have a very low threshold, you know. Yeah. More people have way higher threshold of uh, tolerating crap than I do. Right. You know? I, I, I feel that communication is very important because um, you can be in a relationship or a marriage and you may not know how to, say, satisfy your wife the way she wants to be satisfied. Mm-hmm. She might not know how to satisfy you the way you want to be satisfied. So all it takes is to sit down and communicate, okay, how do you like this? Just because the the, the uh, other woman may like it this way doesn't mean that your current wife likes it that way. So to sit down and communicate I like this, this is what makes me feel good, this is what I enjoy, then I think they should discuss that, and it's vice versa. You know, because once you know, like, from a woman, what she likes, even if it's sexually, mm-hmm. and and she tells you, but a lot of times they may not speak up. You might think you're doing great. You might think that everything is fine. 
Mm-hmm. But then, boom, she cheats, and you ask her why. Well, you weren't doing this right, or you weren't doing that. But yet, she never sat down and told you what she needed for you to do for her. Well, certain, certain cultures don't know how to do that. So what are they supposed to do? I mean, send you a text, uh, uh, write it down. <laughs> Cer- certain cultures don't know how to communicate that thought. They don't know how to tell their mate a partner that. But they'll so, go tell their coworkers, right? Well, that's because there's no emotional attachment. Right. Yeah, they don't care how that person perceives them one way or another. So right. what would be the step to communicate that to one's partner? You know, if, either way. Hey, if you have to do it in a text, do it in a text. It's still talking. Well, the way that you were describing it was more positive. It's like, you know, honey, um, I want to please you, so, you know, let me know what I can do, as opposed right. to the recrimination type of thing. Now, the woman, to bring up Lamont's example, if she's going to cheat, and she didn't tell the person why she's cheating. She didn't tell the person, um, you know, you're not doing it in bed, but I didn't want to hurt your feelings. So I cheated. I say, bull, okay? <laughs> bull. Now, there are men who can't take, you know, constructive criticism. And you have to approach right. it delicately because, you know, right. we, all, we all have our egos. But that's the woman's job. If you are the significant other, men or women, um, then handle the situation with diplomacy. Right. But get the situation uh, resolved. And the yeah. cheat just because, well, he didn't lay down the pipe right, or she uh, she wasn't good in bed, well, you should have opened up your mouth and said something. But, see, this is this is good um, information for me as a man over 40. If I, I wasn't doing all this crap before 40. <laughs> I'm on 40 also Hey well gentlemen Listen listen We're down to the last couple minutes of the show We're going to have to oh. do another show On gents how to lay the pipe right for Joe So yeah, somebody uh, teach me. <laughs> Let's do that Let's do that we, we have I, to do I'm always another. over to more, to more information about that Yeah we're going to have to do another show <laughs> Joe <laughs> you, you want to title the show Joe and laying the pipe Right. <laughs> exactly. And, and uh, we're not going to throw out your, your number either. So listen, next, <laughs> hey, look, uh, next week uh, I'll be back. I have uh, this uh, this young lady on the show, Linda Gross, and uh, she has a book out called um, Hitched. Getting okay. hit in 90 days or less, so that should be a very interesting show. Mm. So come back yeah, next yeah. week, same mm. time, 2.30, right here on Can I Play a Play. Daryl Easley, it's been a pleasure, and I know we're going to have great, I said we're going to have great success on um, That's right. this play, Lord, Why Do Men Cheat? Joe, thanks for your uh, oh, sure. your always candid <laughs> views on things So if, if you're around next Sunday I know you're going to enjoy Hearing from this lady I like the topic yeah. Psychology <laughs> uh, Look her up, Google her, Linda Gross She has a couple books out Two, three books out actually So uh, she's been a teacher right. So she's going to be able to tell us All the little things About how to get hitched in 90 days How to get hitched in 90 days all right. Yeah. That's- All right, man. And once again, I want to thank you, Mr. Patterson, for giving me this opportunity 
uh, on your station, man. I, it's greatly appreciated. Oh, thank you, brother. And uh, come back, and we're definitely going to support you, and we're going to be checking on you. So y'all All stay right. blessed. And don't do nothing I wouldn't do. All right. <laughs> <laughs> thank Whoa. you. Good morning, Bye. All right. Everybody be blessed. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Plus.